Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In the exodus of God's people, the Lord appeared to them in a marvelous way to lead them in the path that he had chosen. Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 and 22 say, And Jehovah went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them on the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they may go by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night departed from before the people. A cloud by day and a fire by night, but always able to be seen. This is our theme on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. We return to the book of Exodus today and the remarkable journey of God's people out of the bondage of their worldly captivity and through the wilderness. Ed Marks is here once again, and Ed, it's becoming more and more clear that their journey is really our own journey, isn't it? Yes, Chris, you worded it very well. Their journey, the children of Israel's journey, is in reality the journey of the New Testament believers. One reason we know this is because in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul tells us clearly that Israel is a type of the New Testament believers, especially in verse 6 of that chapter. He says, these things that happened to Israel, you know, when they ate the Passover, they crossed the Red Sea, They ate the same spiritual food, and they drank the same spiritual drink. He said, these things occurred as examples to us or as types of us. So this shows us, you know, Paul's word here in 1 Corinthians 10 shows us clearly that everything that happened to the children of Israel is a type and a picture of our Christian journey in the New Testament. Ed, in our first section today, we have a vivid and very clear picture of redemption. Chapter 13, which we read from before, begins this way. Then Jehovah spoke to Moses, saying, Sanctify to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. Let's join Witness Lee. From my youth, in reading Exodus, whenever I come to chapter 13, I got the puzzle. I said, why there is such an insertion between chapter 12 and chapter 14? We all can realize chapter 14 should be a direct continuation of chapter 12. But between these two chapters, you have 13 as a kind of insertion. I was bothered, puzzled, why there is a need of such an insertion. It says, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, all the people who were redeemed, all were sanctified. To be sanctified is for God's purpose. 
If you are short-sighted, you can only see redemption for your purpose, for your security, for your safety. But don't forget, redemption has to be followed by sanctification. And sanctification is not for your purpose. It is for God's purpose. For you to fulfill God's purpose, so it says, sanctified unto the Lord. You need Christ not only for your redemption. You still need Christ for your living as a sacrifice unto God. Amen. Yes, you all have been redeemed, but your nature has not been changed. Amen. It can never be acceptable to God. You need a substitute. Amen. You need Christ for your redemption. Amen. You need Christ also for your sanctification. Amen. For you to be sacrificed, acceptable to God, you need such a substitute. Most genuine Christians only realize that they need Christ to be the substitute for their redemption. They never realize for them to satisfy God, for them to be living sacrifice unto God. They still need Christ. By ourselves, we are not qualified to be saved, to be redeemed, neither qualified to be sanctified unto God for God's satisfaction. For this, we still need Christ as a substitute in another sense. Christ is our substitute in the first sense of redemption. Now, he has to be our substitute in another sense of sacrifice for our sanctification that we may be an acceptable sacrifice to God, pleasing God in our living. Add chapter 12, the Passover gives us a very full and complete picture of redemption. And for many Christians, the thought is, good enough, I'm redeemed. But chapter 13, inserted into this record, introduces sanctification immediately following redemption. We heard that while redemption takes care of us, sanctification is to satisfy God. Why does God need us to be sanctified, Ed? Well, Chris, we saw in Exodus 12 God's redemption of his people and to bring us out of the tyranny of Satan and the world. Now, this redemption is for our security. But what we see in Exodus 13 is that whatever is redeemed must also be sanctified. Sanctification is for God's purpose. There's two basic aspects of sanctification. One is positional sanctification. And this means that we are separated unto God in our position. This happened the moment we received Christ as our life and Savior. But sanctification also has another aspect, and we call this dispositional sanctification. This means in our inner being, in our spirit, our soul, and eventually in our body, God wants to sanctify us dispositionally. He wants to saturate us with his holy nature so that we become as holy as he is. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul tells us in this verse that God wants to sanctify us wholly in our spirit, soul, and body. Now, if you look at Ephesians 1.4, this verse tells us 
that in eternity past, God chose us to be holy. But the Bible tells us, especially in Leviticus, that only God is holy. And to be holy means to be distinct and different and separate from everything common. Well, how can we become holy? This is God's purpose. He chose us to be holy. First of all, he separates us unto him. But then secondly, he wants to saturate us with him in our inward being. Christ, as the very holiness of God, comes into our spirit. And as the Holy Spirit, he comes into our spirit and makes our spirit holy. But then he wants to move out from our spirit and saturate our mind with his holy nature, our will with his holy nature, and our emotions with his holy nature to make our soul holy. Ephesians 5.25 says Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This was redemption. Verse 26 says that he might sanctify her, meaning the church, and we are members of that one church, that he might sanctify her, cleansing her by the washing of the water in the word. Verse 27 tells us we get presented to Christ as the glorious church, which is his glorious bride. This shows that if we're going to have God's holy nature added to us so that we could be saturated with his nature to accomplish his purpose, every day we need to be in God's word. When you open the Bible, just by reading the Bible prayerfully, you experience a metabolic inward cleansing. You experience the washing of the water in the word. God's holy nature is imparted into your inward being to make you more holy dispositionally and inwardly. By our spending time in God's word and reading his word with prayer and in prayer, we can take one more step to accomplishing his eternal purpose to make us the holy city, the new Jerusalem, the bride, the wife of Christ. Yeah, this book of Exodus is full of marvelous pictures. We're going to go on and look at more of these pictures and then see how they're unfolded and developed. We read the first two verses of chapter 13 a few moments ago. Now we need the next two. Verse 3 and 4 says, And Moses said to the people, Remember this day on which you came out from Egypt, from the slave house. For by strength of hand Jehovah brought you out from this place, and nothing leavened shall be eaten. On this day... In the month of Abib, you are going out. Yet before we go to Witness Lee, we need to know the significance of the month of Abib. Help us here in verse 4. Well, Chris, Abib, the Hebrew word Abib means something sprouting or something budding. And what it denotes is a new beginning of life. When the children of Israel, when they celebrated the Passover, the Lord told them to change their calendar and to make This month, the month they were redeemed and brought out of Egypt, originally was the seventh month. They were to make that the first month, and the name of this first month was Abib, which means a new beginning of life. When we received Christ as our Savior, when he came into us to be our life, our calendar changed. We had a new birth. Actually, all the believer's birthday is Abib. This is the significance of this marvelous word. 
It is marvelous. We've all been birthed in the month Abib. And I'm glad we pointed it out because we're going to hear Witness Lee utter this word, and it may be a little difficult to understand, but I think now that we've talked about it, our listeners have a good background. So let's join him now. With such a kind of a sanctification that can be a sacrifice pleasing God, you must have a requirement of Abib. Abib means the beginning of a new life, living in a new way, a kind of a, a beginning of new living. For you to be sanctified unto the Lord for his satisfaction, you need the beginning, or you need to begin a new living. You need to begin to live a new life. And this new beginning in life is altogether enlivened without sin. All the time in the new living, you deal with any sin that is apparent, any sin that is exposed to you. You would not tolerate with any exposed sin. This is a real memorial. This is a real sign. A real remembrance. The sanctified people must live a new life without sin to be a good memorial. It's very, very meaningful. If we are proper in God's salvation, we all can testify. This is our history. After our Passover, we have been sanctified into the Lord, not living by ourselves, but living by a substitute, that is Christ, who lives in me. Amen. Then we begin a new living without sin. Anything sinful that's seen by us, exposed to us, right away, we will get rid of it. Then this becomes a sign, becomes a kind of memorial. This is the day of remembrance. In our Christian life, every day must be Memorial Day. If any day there's not a memorial, I tell you, you must be a failure. Many Christians, when they get into eternity, when they get into the New Jerusalem, they have nothing to remember. But live in a way with a substitute, in a living, new beginning. Without sin, this will be not only the memorial today, it will be memorial in the eternity. Make every day of your life a day of memorial. We must, after being saved through the Passover, live a life with a substitute in the new living without any sin. This is a day of memorial. Ed, this was a very strong word of exhortation, to make each day a kind of memorial with a new beginning and free of exposed sin. This sounds wonderful, Ed. I think all genuine believers aspire to this kind of life. But how do we make each day a memorial? Well, Chris, the way for us to have a daily living that's a memorial to God is firstly, we need to be sanctified every day, saturated with God's holy nature, 
by enjoying Christ in his word day by day. According to Ephesians 5.26, we are sanctified by the washing of the water in the word. We need to enjoy this metabolic washing that adds Christ to us day by day as the very holiness of God. Then we need to have daily a new beginning of life without sin. It's very important to spend time with the Lord each morning. Give that first part of the morning to the Lord where you open up the word and where you pray, when you call on him, tell him you love him, have a time of prayer over the word and in the word and with the word to contact the Lord and you can have a new beginning of life and you can enjoy Christ as the unleavened bread. The only one without sin is Christ. So we need to eat him as our spiritual food beginning in the morning, have a good spiritual breakfast, and enjoy him as the unleavened bread. We also need to fellowship with other believers. This is the feast of unleavened bread. You can't have a feast by yourself. Right now, we're fellowshipping together. We are enjoying him as the feast of unleavened bread. We need the personal side. We also need some kind of corporate side. I would say even daily. Get with another brother in the Lord or another sister in the Lord and fellowship and enjoy Christ as a feast. In this way, every day will become a memorial day to us. Ed, you have mentioned, and we heard Witness Lee in his speaking, talking about a kind of memorial, a life, a living without sin. We know there is no possibility for us to live a, quote, sinless, perfect life. How do you put these two together? Chris, practically, when we look at the book of Exodus in typology, we see Christ as the Passover, which included the application of his blood for the cleansing of sin. And then the continuation of the feast of the Passover is enjoying him as the feast of unleavened bread. We need the application of the Lord's blood every day, even throughout the day. The Lord will enlighten us as we turn to him, as we contact him, as we call on him. He'll enlighten us concerning specific things, and we can confess them right there and enjoy the instant, continual cleansing of his blood throughout the day. Then that ushers us in to the enjoyment of him as our sinless supply. And this is the way these two things operate. Well, Ed, we have one section left, and I think if any of our listeners have ever looked at those maps at the back of their Bible, they will see the one where the children of Israel are taking their journey through the wilderness, and though their destination was almost due north, the route they traveled didn't quite go in that direction, and that's what we're going to see in this coming portion. Let's join Witness Lee. Well, the beginning of this chapter is sanctification and the Lord. And the ending of this chapter is the Lord's presence becoming their guidance. When the day comes, the fire becomes the cloud. When the night comes, the cloud becomes the fire. And the fire and the cloud are actually one. In typology, cloud always signifies the spirit. The spirit of God. In his reaching us, it's always like a cloud. The fire is the word of God. Because the word of God is always a kind of a light to us. The instant and living guidance God gives us is either 
the spirit or the word. When it is day, the sky is clear. He is the cloud. When in the night, the sky is not clear, he becomes the light. When he becomes the light in the night, this light makes the night a day. Day and the night, the children of Israel can journey. Actually, we Christians, in our Christian life, we shouldn't have any night. We have to turn on night to day. How could you turn your night into day? Call on the name of the Lord. Then the light comes. It enlightens you. It shines over you. It turns your night into day. Well, both the cloud and the fire, both are symbols of God. God is the Spirit. God is the Word. And even the Word is the Spirit. So these three, the Lord, the Spirit, and the Word, all are one. Giving us the leading all the time. When the Word is clear to you, the Word becomes the Spirit. Check with your experience. Whether it is the Word or the Spirit, whether it is the fire or the cloud, it is always a pillar. It's very meaningful. What is a pillar? In the Bible, the pillar always shows it is the strength. A pillar is strong. God's guidance is always a pillar. It is strong. It is standing. It is supporting. It's bearing the weight. Hallelujah. We have the substitution for sanctification. And we have a day of memorial. With a new life begin. Here we enjoy his presence. Either at the pillar of cloud or at the pillar of fire. And I'd like to go back and pick up this pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. I thought this point was outstanding. The cloud, as we heard, represents the spirit and the fire represents the word. Comment how at times the Lord's leading is by the cloud and at other times it's by the fire. Well, Chris, what we see from these portions is that the Lord, he was in the pillar of cloud and he was in the pillar of fire. Actually, the Lord himself lives in us as a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire to lead us and to guide us in our move with him to accomplish his eternal purpose. Now, what we see from this picture is these two pillars are actually just one pillar. When it's night, the cloud becomes the fire. When it's day, the fire becomes the cloud. The cloud signifies the spirit. How can we be led by the Lord? We have to follow the Spirit in our spirit. What does the fire signify? The fire signifies the Word. In Jeremiah 23, verse 29, the Lord says, Is not my Word like a fire? So we have the Spirit and the Word. When when it's clear, when our horizons are clear, we can follow Christ as the indwelling Spirit in our spirit. But when it seemingly is dark, situations down, we have the word to follow. 
We have Christ as the Word, as the very Word of God embodied in the Bible, which is the printed Word. Now, Chris, I would say this. What this shows us is that for us to get the Lord's leading, we need the Spirit and we need the Word. In John 6.63, the Lord said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The words that I speak to you, they are Spirit and they are life. He is conveying there that actually the Word and the Spirit are one. Even Ephesians 6, 17, and 18, if you look at these verses, this tells us to receive the sword of the Spirit. Then it says, which Spirit is the Word of God? So we always need the Spirit and we need the Word. And Chris, again, for me, in my experience, the best way to get the Lord's leading according to Ephesians 6, 17, and 18, and be filled with the Spirit and with the Word as the cloud and the fire is to receive God's Word by means of all prayer. These verses tell us, receive the sword of the Spirit, which Spirit is the Word of God, by means of all prayer. This Bible that we have in our hands is the best prayer book. As we take these words and we pray over them, even pray them back to the Lord, then he infuses us with himself to be our instant living guidance for our journey on this earth to carry out his purpose. Thank you for being with us today, Ed. Come back very soon. I'm looking forward to the next broadcast, Chris. Thank you. Today for Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.